where we compare theme park offerings from coast to coast. We don't always see eye to eye, but in the end, we'll try. I'm CJ, and I'm joined again by Allie. Allie, how is it going? Hi, CJ. It's going good. It's been a crazy day here, but you know what? Uh, crazy is what I live for. How are you? <laughs> I live for the crazy, too. I am doing well. Just another day in Central Florida. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us today. This episode, we're going to talk about park entry, annual passes or magic keys as they're called on one coast. We're going to talk about theme park tickets and how you get into the park, Genie Plus, all sorts of fun stuff. So let's get into it. We're going to talk about how you and I get into the parks. Let's talk about Disneyland and how we used to get into Disneyland. Yeah, so uh, for a long time, we, you and I both were annual pass holders for Disneyland. Um, we had the deluxe pass, and then we had the premium pass. Um, I stopped being an annual pass holder after I got married, and mom and dad said, we're not paying for your annual pass anymore. And I said, well, I can't afford that. Um, so from then on, I relied on the kindness and generosity of my sister, who was a cast member at the time, to sign me in. Um, in the years since CJ stopped being a cast member, I've used a couple of tickets. I think I think no more than twice I've used a ticket to get in. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's me in Disneyland. Yeah, I had a similar story. I mean, I had a deluxe pass, premium pass. Then I became a cast member, and I had self admission with. I don't, I don't even remember if self-admission had blackout dates, but then I had the main entrance pass where I could sign in up to three guests at a time. So usually I would sign in like two people at a time and then I'd have an extra sign in and I'd ask you, or if I was taking you and Louie, I would ask somebody else to be the third, you know, I might as well use all three. Right. And I could right. sign in, I could sign in three people 16 times a year. So that worked out to a little over once a month. And then once I stopped being a cast member, I they had revamped the pass holder program at that point. So I became a signature pass holder, which included parking as well as photo pass downloads. And then they revamped the pass holder program again, and they got rid of photo pass downloads from that pass. But I was grandfathered into that. So that was kind of nice. And then um, out here in Florida, well, our first trip... We used tickets a long time ago. Yeah, it was <laughs> we 2000. Had no, yeah, we had no other way. And then when I visited between 2014 and 2017, I used my self-admission, the main gate pass to get in for free. And then when I stopped being a cast member, I think I had some leftover complimentary. And when you're a cast member, you get comp tickets, free tickets that you can use that have different expiration dates that extend for a couple years. So I had stockpiled those. <laughs> I used those for a while. And then I started having to pay for tickets. Um, and then eventually I upgraded. I had bought tickets as part of the package, I think, or maybe I, it wasn't, I don't know. I, I purchased tickets at some point. And so I eventually realized, well, I have two trips coming up, so I might as well upgrade those tickets to a Platinum Pass. Uh, the Platinum Pass was a pass that was available to out-of-state guests, so it was, a, you know, it was more expensive than what Florida residents could get. But when you factor in that it covered parking and photo pass downloads, it made sense to do that. Plus, you get dining discounts and stuff like that, so it made sense. And then um, the parks closed down in March 2020. So that pass that I had, the Platinum Pass, was set to expire in July 2020. So I had about 
like four months left on that pass. So when the parks reopened, they extended it by a certain amount of time. And then they gave us, there was, there was a lot of things that they did. They, I think they gave everybody like an extra couple months, like as an, I'm sorry thing. So, um, when the parks reopened, they weren't selling new passes, but if you had one, you could renew it. I think that's what it was. So I was able to keep that pass. And then, um, yeah, now, I have one of the new passes, which we'll get into. They revamped their AP program. They're, they're, if you had one of the old passes, you can keep it until it expires. And now you have to go on to one of the new ones. So, yeah. And did, did you ever have one of the passes that was good in Florida and California? No, those passes don't exist anymore, unfortunately. But our parents had those passes. Those mm-hmm. were called premier passes. And those were a really good value if you intended to... Like if you were a local to California or the Florida parks and you had multiple vacations planned to the other coast, those were a good value. You could get in no blockout dates, included parking, photo pass, discounts to all the parks. It was a it was a really cool pass. And then for me for Disney World, um, I'm tickets all day every day. Um, most of them are tickets that I've purchased, but CJ uh, did sign me in a couple times. Uh, thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but I've done I've done the one park per day tickets and I've done park hopper tickets. And my trip coming up, um, I have one park per day tickets with Genie Plus. I also have a cast complimentary ticket like the one you were talking about. So shout out to our mom's friend for um, giving that to mom who then gave that to me. I don't remember her name, but thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate it. You're saving me some money on this trip. Yeah. Um, and if Disney World decides they're going to um, have more annual pass sales, I'm hoping that I can get an annual pass because, you know, I have family that lives super close to Disney World, so I may as well visit family. And oh, no, I fell and now I'm in a Disney park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. There's a lot of locals, too, who really want to buy passes. They were waiting. They stopped passes, pass sales, like, very close to the holidays and people were waiting to buy them for like Christmas and Hanukkah gifts. Well, yeah, that kind of ruined, it ruins the holidays for some people. If people Disney, are you ruined to- Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. So let's talk about the annual pass program and the new program at Disneyland. And I, you know, I mentioned they're phasing out the annual pass program at Walt Disney World. If you had one of the old ones, you're keeping it until it expires and then you're, forced onto the new program. However, they have halted the sales of all of the new passes except for the bottom tier right now. Um, But the new program came into effect in in September 2021. And like maybe two and a half months into it, they have stopped the sales. So yeah, that's where we're at right now. But we're going to get into the nitty gritty of all of it. But basically just further information here. You can add on PhotoPass downloads to any of the passes for $99 flat rate, and you can add on the water park and sports option for $99 flat rate. That gets you into Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon, and it also gets you into the golf courses and the mini golf courses as well. So that's a pretty good deal. I mean, a one-day ticket to those parks, I think, is like $80, $70 or $80 for the water parks. So if you plan to go more than once, that's an excellent, excellent value. And then the Disneyland is doing what they're calling the Magic Key Program. The annual passes were uh, discontinued because Disneyland was closed for like more than a year uh, following COVID. And I mean, obviously COVID's still going on, but you know, from March 2020 and they didn't open until 
you know, later in 2021, which oof, they they were extending annual passes for the duration of the closure. And then they're just like, they decided not to anymore. And they sent out refunds. And honestly, it was probably a good call. Yeah. Yeah. It was getting complicated. It was like every month they said, we'll keep extending the program. <laughs> it was just like, how long is this going to go on? <laughs> yeah. And th- I mean, Disneyland had plans to reopen and the state of California said, <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think, you know, I think they did announce like, Hey, we're going to reopen. And then no. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just, you know, as a local pass holder, it was getting frustrating to have like question marks about what was going on with the program. And then like we had plans to move away. So it was like, we, even if they reopened, we couldn't use our pass anymore. And it was a very frustrating time for sure. Mm-hmm. So since they both have new pass programs, we thought it would be interesting to com- do it like a side-by-side pass-by-pass comparison, especially because they both have four passes now. And they're actually fairly similar. Um, they each require reservations to get into the park. So we're going to be taking a look at uh, the prices of each of these passes, what kind of blackouts they have, is parking included, is photo pass included, um, how many reservations, what kind of merchandise discounts do they get, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to start with the most expensive pass. So Allie, take it away with the first of the magic keys, as they are called now. Yeah, and before I do that, I just want to say, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, I'm going to be putting these graphics that CJ made um, overlaid on the video, so that way you can read about it while we're talking about it. Full disclosure, these are not the prettiest graphics. <laughs> no, but you do, you do have some time to uh, designify them if you want. I won't edit this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So the first one is the dream key. Um, at time of recording, it costs $1,399, and there is no discount for renewal. Uh, you get no blockout dates, and anybody can purchase it, but not right now because it's sold out. Um, you, it includes parking. You can hold six reservations for theme park entry at a time. Uh, you get 20% off merchandise and 15% off dining, and California residents get a monthly payment option. So just to clarify here, um, a couple things. Disneyland did away with renewal discounts many, many years ago. I mean, I think you were still a pass holder when they got rid of renewal discounts. And that was, everyone was upset about that. I don't know if you you remember. It was like, what the heck? You can't give us a 10% off renewal discount? Yeah. Uh, That was kind of dumb. The other thing is with the merchandise and dining discounts. And this has been the case for a while. Not every location honors those discounts, right? Like the, the merchandise discount, like the cart that you walk up to to buy a bubble wand probably not yeah. going to offer a merchandise discount. Yeah, if it's um, on wheels, there's no discount. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of the rule of thumb there. And then some of the like third-party vendors may not offer a discount. Like some of the downtown Disney restaurants may not offer the same kind of discount. So just a, a blanket caveat there. So the equivalent pass for Walt Disney World is called the Increda Pass. It costs $1,299 plus tax. That's a difference between the Disneyland Magic Keys and the Walt Disney World Passes. Disneyland tickets and passes don't have a tax attached to them. There's some sort of deal they worked out either with the city or the county or the state. I don't remember like the back end stuff on that, but there's no taxes on Disneyland tickets or passes. Whereas Florida, 
um, admission does have tax. However, they do have a renewal discount. Even if you are going from one of the older passes to the new ones, you do get that renewal discount. So good thing to keep in mind. And Just do you think, also do you also get that discount if you're going from if you're hopping tiers of passes? Yes. yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice thing. So even though they have the tax, the renewal discount does help mitigate that. Just like the Dream Key, there's no blockouts for this pass. And it is available for purchase by anybody, but it is currently sold out as well. Parking is included, and you can hold five reservations at a time. Um, but if you're a hotel guest, like the way reservations work is hotel guests have their own bucket of reservations to pick from. Um, so if you happen to be a hotel guest staying at, I don't know, Coronado Springs, for example, and you're also a local annual pass holder. You can have five park reservations for being a local annual pass holder, plus you have a seven day stay at Coronado Springs. You can have an extra seven days of park pass reservations. And Walt Disney World does something called bonus reservations. So if you look at the park reservation calendar and you see a little star and you click that, certain parks will have a star next to it and that does not count against your total reservations held. And that's just a way for Disney to get people to go to certain parks on certain days to pull crowds to, to a certain park. The merch and dining discounts are the same percentage for all pass holders, no matter what level you have. And the dining discounts and merchandise discounts are not as prevalent in Florida as they are at Disneyland. Like there's no quick service discounts like there are in Disneyland. It's basically just table service. So, and then a uh, monthly payment is only available for Florida residents. Now on the um, merchandise and dining discounts, do we have a number on that percentage? Or does I did it vary not, by location? I did not include the number, but I think it varies by location. Not 100% okay. sure. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> so let's move on to the next one. Go ahead. We have the Believe Key. Ooh. Um, at, again, I'm going to say it again. All of these prices are at time of recording, which yeah. is mid-February 2022. If it is not mid-February 2022, which I know it's not because I know what the release date for this episode is, check the prices. They may have changed. They are mm -hmm. subject to the whims of Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Anyways, the Believe Key, $949. Once again, no renewal discount. Uh, you get blocked outs, block out dates, uh, some Saturdays and Sundays, and most holiday times like Christmas and Thanksgiving. But let's be real, you don't want to go the week of Christmas anyways. It is so crowded. I did it once and it was the most crowded I have ever seen Disneyland. The yeah. line for Pirates of the Caribbean went all the way back to the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, terrible. It I waited awful. I waited 45 minutes for the teacups that week. <laughs> One year. You don't want to be in the park when it's like that. You just don't. No. Uh, again, anybody can purchase this pass except for right now because it's sold out. Uh, you get discounted parking. It is 50% off. You can make six theme park reservations at a time. You get 10% off merchandise and dining. And California residents, you get that monthly payment option. So the equivalent for Florida is called the Sorcerer Pass. It costs $899 plus tax with that renewal discount. It's only blockout dates are November 23rd through 26th and December 17th through 31st. So really only Thanksgiving and that last two weeks during Christmas time. This is the pass that everyone in my family has, except for our son. He has an older pass that has since been discontinued. So come August, he'll probably get this one if they let us renew to this pass. 
Hopefully they do. Hopefully it's available. This one is only available for purchase by Florida residents or if you're a Disney Vacation Club member. Um, but it's currently sold out. Parking is included. You can get five reservations at a time, or if you're a hotel guest, you can get more plus the bonus reservations. And again, just like the other pass, it's the same merchandise and discount, uh, merchandise and dining discount, and you get that monthly payment option if you're a Florida resident. Okay, Ali, let's talk about the next level of passes, second from the bottom, the Enchant Key. The Enchant Key. Uh, Enchant me with the Enchant Key. I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. (laughs) That was a little creepy. It was a little creepy. Uh, Anyways, the Enchant Key, $649. Again, no renewal discount. You are blocked out most weekends and holidays. Uh, Sorry, Memorial Day weekend. Sorry, 4th of July. Uh, Anybody can purchase this, uh, but it's currently sold out, and you do not get parking included. You can hold four theme park reservations at a time. And you get 10% off merchandise and dining. Uh, California residents, once again, have the monthly payment option. And the equivalent in Florida is called the Pirate Pass. It's $699 plus tax with that renewal discount. What's interesting is the base price here. This is the first one where Florida is more expensive by $50. Everything else, I think, has been, what, $100 less? Thereabouts. I know the first one was $100 less. Uh, let me check the second one. $50 50. Less. Yeah. Okay. So this one is $50 more for Florida. But there's less blockout dates in Florida this time. It's blocked out only some weekends and most of the holidays. And according to WW Magazine, it's blocked out about 18% of the time. Not terrible. This one's only available for Florida residents, but it's currently sold out. Parking is included. Unlike the Enchant Key, which does not have any parking at all, and there's no discount on parking either, you can hold four reservations at a time, plus the hotel guest thing and the bonus thing. Same merchandise and dining discount, and then monthly payment for Florida residents. And then let's go down to the lowest level. Last, we have the Imagine Key. Imagine you could go to Disneyland for $399 for the the year. Uh, However, you are blocked out most weekends, holidays, and a lot of summer. Uh, SoCal residents are the only ones who can purchase this, and this is the only pass that's currently available for purchase. Parking is not included. Uh, You can hold two theme park reservations at a time. Uh, You get 10% off merchandise and dining, and again, California residents with that monthly payment option. But then again, only California residents can buy this, so you can get a monthly payment option with this one. <laughs> this one in Florida is called the Pixie Dust Pass. Woo! <laughs> it also costs $399 plus tax with the renewal discount. It's blocked out most weekends and holidays, but I was looking at the blockout dates, and actually during the summer, you can go quite a bit of the weekdays. In fact, you can go July 5th. You can't go like July 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. I don't remember July 1st, whether or not, but starting July 5th, you can go weekdays again during the summer. So you're not blocked out that much during the summer. Florida residents only, and this is the only pass available right now for purchase at Walt Disney World. Parking is included. You can hold three at a time instead of two, like in California, plus the hotel guest and the bonus thing. Same percentage off on discounts like all the others in Florida, and that monthly payment option is also available. All right, so that is our ticket breakdown. 
or pa- our pass breakdown. Yeah, the pass and key breakdown. Not yeah, tickets. it's it's so weird how they call it magic keys now. It just doesn't roll off the tongue like pass holder does, you know? Yeah. I'm a magic key holder. It just, I don't know, it sounds like something from a fantasy book. It just sounds weird. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to tickets. Yeah, let's actually talk about tickets this time. Tickets. So tell me, CJ, how much does it cost me to get into Disney World? Just just hit me with it. Okay, so a few years ago, well, probably several years ago now, um, ticketing kind of switched to a flexible ticket pricing model where they change the price depending on time of year and day of the week. So Saturdays and Sundays will be more expensive. Christmas time will be more expensive, that kind of thing. So adults generally start at $109 per ticket. And kids ages three through nine start at $104. I've seen it go, you know, peak times will be around $130, $140. It's just, you got to look at the calendar and play with your days a little bit. Park Hopper, you need to add on $65. And if you want to do Park Hopper Plus, which gets you into more than one park and the water parks, that's $85 more. You can't park hop until 2 p.m., however, so you need to really think about how you want to spend your time and whether or not that's worth it to you. You have to have a park reservation for the first park of the day that you go to, and remember that Florida charges ticket tax on these tickets, so that's 109 plus tax on top of that. For Disneyland, again, it's the same with the pricing varies depending on what day it is. Um, but adults will start at $104 per ticket, and kids will start at $98 per ticket. Uh, park hopper is $60 more, and you cannot park hop until 1 o'clock. Um, and park reservations are required for the first park of the day. And once again, no ticket tax. Do you think the pricing on this is fair? I know it's a hard question. It is a hard question. Yes. Let's, Though I, let's... I do... Go ahead. I do lament and remember the days when tickets were you know you could get in for less than a hundred dollars it wasn't a hundred dollar bill per person and i understand like inflation is a thing like things are more expensive but like (sighs) i miss those days i know and it's hard because cast members are underpaid and inflation is a thing and but you look at let's round up like disney world 109 okay let's say it's 110 let's say you spend 10 hours in the park right let's say you're going from 8 a.m to 6 p.m that's 10 hours in the park that's 11 i'm sorry 110 divided that's 11 dollars per hour of entertainment mm-hmm. that's pretty that's pretty good yeah that's pretty dang good that's a, a very good value and all that you get you get rides you get entertainment like there's so much you can do for $11 an hour. Yeah. You also get sunburned. <laughs> you do get sunburned. Wear your sunscreen, people. Wear your hats. Yes. Um, I'm just saying it's, a, it's an exceptionally good value. And I think a lot of people like kind of get lost in the numbers and they don't think about all that they're getting for the price that they're paying. Yeah. I definitely, when you asked me that, I did not think about how many hours I'm going to spend in the park and break that down to, okay, it's like $10 an hour, $11 an hour for, you know, entertainment. It's, you know, less than that. If you rope drop and then close out the park, like, Mm -hmm. first of all, if you do that, you're a crazy person. Second of all, if you do that, you're getting even more value for your, for your money. Yeah. The other thing that I'm thinking about too is 
like the price difference between Walt Disney World and Disneyland, like if we're looking at 109 starting for adults um, versus 104. Remember, Disneyland has a lot more rides than Walt mm-hmm. Disney World does or Magic Kingdom. I don't know which one is priced unfairly, you know? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, is Disneyland a fair deal at that point or is Magic Kingdom an unfair deal? I don't think it has to be box A and box B. I think that we can Venn diagram these things and we don't have to separate them. Okay, that's fair. Also, the park hopping rule, I think, is an interesting choice. Yeah, you know, I've got to say, I don't really like the 1 p.m. park hopping for Disneyland because I know a lot of the times we would go do some stuff at Disneyland, then hop over to California Adventure for lunch. Well, we we would rope drop at like 8 a.m. and be done at 10 a.m. and go over to DCA really early. Yeah. That's impossible now. Like, against the rule. You can't do it. Yeah. And that that really sucks. Yeah. That's, that's, I will say that's the one thing that I really strongly dislike about this is the, the restriction of activity between Disneyland and California Adventure and Mm -hmm. vice versa. Especially when they are so close, it literally takes you like three minutes, two minutes to get from one park to another. It's not like you have to coordinate, like, I got to get on a monorail and then do this or get on a ferry boat and a bus and whatever. Like there, there's not, you don't have to fold a stroller to get from point A to point B. You know what I'm saying? Like it's right there. It's right there. Yeah. And I mean, I think, Uh, I think for Disney world, the not park hopping until two o'clock makes sense just because there is so much space between the parks, but yeah, not, not being able to go to 1 PM at Disneyland. Like, Well, the thing that's crazy about this, though, is, like, there's only been, like, one or two days where, like, Magic Kingdom has closed to capacity to park hoppers. One of those days was October 1st, the 50th anniversary, and I want to say, like, New Year's Eve or 4th of July, something like that. Um, So it's very, very, very exceedingly rare that the parks have closed to park hopping capacity. So, like, I'm going with a friend on Saturday in a few days to, to Epcot. I could not get a reservation for Magic Kingdom or Animal Kingdom. Let's say we wanted to go to Magic Kingdom. So at 2 p.m., I scan into Epcot, and I literally go out the exit to go to Magic Kingdom. It's stupid. Like, I just, I can't make a reservation for Magic Kingdom. So I have to go scan into one park just to turn around and leave and go to another park. Well, I mean, I'd say if you're doing that, you're wasting your time. Like, why not spend your morning at Epcot? Because I can't, because I have little kids here. (laughs) it's a it's a it's like a girl's night out kind of thing um I'm just saying like the reservation system and the no park hopping until a certain time like there's stuff like that that just does not make sense like if there's capacity to park hop then there's capacity to make a reservation you know what I'm saying like it just doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense I get it. They do these things for staffing sometimes and to understand where crowd flow is going, but it's a pain in the butt for guests sometimes. It really is. Anyways, I'm sorry. I went off on a tangent. That's okay. I think it all needed to be said. And this is also a podcast kind of about our opinions. So it's totally about our opinions. (laughs) Okay. No, well, we give a lot of facts too. Like fact, adult tickets for Disneyland are $104. Like, that's a fact, that's not an opinion. (laughs) 
starting yes, price. Starting okay, let's, speaking of facts, let's, let's talk about multi-day ticket prices. Basically, for both parks or both resorts, the general rule of thumb is the longer you stay, the less you pay per day. And, you know, the idea behind that is they want you to stay longer so that you spend more money in the parks on things like yeah. food and merchandise and all that kind of stuff. So, for example, at Walt Disney World, two days starts at like 107 per day. Five days is $91 per day. Ten days is $55 per day, which is an excellent value and so mm -hmm. on. Um, so I came up with some like example ticket prices and remember it depends on the time of year that you're going. So the prices that I included don't include tax. And I also didn't go into like the park hopper plus water parks option. So here's an example, a four day ticket, one park per day, starting on March 28th, $497, a four day park hopper starting on May 10th is $557. So for about $60 more, you could do a park hopper a month and a half later. That's $15 more per day. It works out too, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> then a seven day ticket in July, one park per day, $541. So if you're thinking about going in May, park hopping for four days, but if you hold off your trip by two months and you can handle the July heat, you're going to be paying $36 less in park tickets and you get three more days in the parks. Yes, but th that's the kicker is the July heat. Like, that's miserable. Yeah, I'm sorry. It that's is. Miserable. It's hard. It's hard. However, if you hold off till late September where the weather, it's, okay, it's cooler. It's cooler, but it is still hurricane season, so it can be a little tricky. 10-day park offers starting on September 26th. $704. That works out to 70 bucks a day to park hop for 10 days. I mean, it is, still, it is still a lot of money, but yes, it is. If you're already planning on spending 10 days at Disneyland, it's a good value or Disney world. Sorry. It's a good value. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're looking at like going on 4th of July when tickets are probably $140 for one day and you know, it's going to be wall to wall people slammed and you're not going to get anything done. Well, you'll get things done, but you won't get everything done that you want to do, right? But you're going to be spending more on food because you're staying longer. You're going to be paying more in hotel unless you get an amazing deal on Airbnb or something. It, you know, you just have to work the math and figure out what's more important to you. And we haven't talked about Genie Plus yet, but I'm just going to put it in here. Genie Plus costs $15 per ticket per day. So if you're only staying four days and you're adding that on to your ticket, that's 60 bucks. Mm -hmm. So that brings your $500 ticket to $560. So, I mean, you could stay longer and not do Genie Plus and probably still get everything done that you want to get done and have more time in the parks. So dollars wise, I see what you're saying, but there's also the consideration of like, you know, will your work let you take that time off? Like yes, it's your, your job makes a difference. You know, if my, if my only opportunity to go is, you know, 4th of July weekend, well, guess I'm paying the extra yeah, money because yeah. I don't have time off. Like, yeah, there's a lot of math that you need to do on the back end, and a lot of like looking at numbers in a lot of different ways, your personal life, your Disney numbers, <laughs> hotel numbers, flights, a lot of math that needs to be done on the back end. Yeah. So Allie, tell me about multi-day tickets at Disneyland. 
Uh, once again, the longer you stay in play, the less you pay per day. For two days, it's it's starting at $128 a day. Four days is $90 a day. Uh, you cannot buy more than a five-day ticket, though. So Five days once, would be a lot at Disneyland with only two parks. I tell you what, you could get everything done, though. You could. It would be a very fun vacation. It would. Uh, it would be a very thorough Disney vacation. Yes, yes. Uh, once again, CJ did a breakdown of some of just some sample vacations here. Uh, two day ticket, one park per day starting on May 10th would be $255 for an adult. Uh, three day park hopper starting on June 7th would be $390. Uh, five day ticket, one park per day starting on June 12th would be $380. That's way cheaper than yeah a week prior. Well, it's not way cheaper, but that's cheaper than a week prior for yeah. like more yeah, days. So, that's wild. Yeah. So a three-day park hopper is ten dollars more expensive than five days one park per day. I would do I would do five days one park per day, right? Yeah. For ten dollars less. Yeah, you get two whole days in the park. Yeah, but then again, you're spending more money on food and you're spending more money on merch, but also. You know, if you're spending five days in the park, it's not rush, 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 pressure, pressure right. to get everything done. Right. You can eat off property. Yep. Save some There's money McDonald's there. right across the street. There's Denny's right across the street. There's better restaurants than McDonald's and Denny's that are nearby. I know. Please don't do that to your digestive system. <laughs> <laughs> but as money is a concern. Yes. Yeah. And last last one we have is a five-day park hopper starting on March 5th is $440. Uh, we don't have any information for later than the week of June 12th because that's as far as the Disneyland calendar would let us go out. Ca uh, Disneyland is a, is a lot more casual than Walt Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Yeah. yeah. They're no, a lot planning, more back. <laughs> I'm, I'm planning my Disney World trip with my friend um, for the end of March, and we're like... We have like our, our shared Google Doc. We're like, we got to hit this, got to hit this, got to hit this. We're going to rope drop this. It's like, it's very intense. Whereas when she would fly out when, we, when I lived in California, she would fly out, stay with family and we'd do a Disneyland day. And it just felt like very, very casual and like, yeah, okay, we're, we're going to do like these rides because they're the hot rides. But like, you know, we didn't have a Google Doc and any hardcore yeah. planning between us. And, you know, and... I don't think you're I don't think you're the only one who believes that and I don't think you're just saying that because you and I lived in California for so long as Disneyland locals. I hear that from people who don't visit Disneyland often either. They they're Florida locals who go to Disneyland and say Disneyland's so laid back it's a lot easier of a park to handle. And I think that's a really interesting thing because we've talked about Disneyland has more rides than Magic Kingdom does. And yet somehow it seems more manageable than yeah. Magic Kingdom. I don't know. I don't know why that is. The only thing that I can think of, like the only explanation I can think of is because there are less things to do within Magic Kingdom, the lines get longer. And so like there's just less places for people to go. So the lines get longer and it makes it more difficult to manage the day. I... I agree with that. I would also add that it takes longer to get from point A to point B at Magic Kingdom than it yes. does at Disneyland because Disneyland is so dense. Yeah. Yeah. And Disneyland does have more single rider lines. So if you're willing to split up, you can get through some of the rides more quickly. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's that. I don't know. We just, we just cracked the code. We did it. We did. 
we're uh, industrial engineers now. <laughs> we figured out Crowdflow and, <laughs> and why Disneyland is more manageable. Okay, anyways, let's talk about what discounts on tickets are available. Wait, we're just, I mean, this is kind of available on both coasts. Allie, why don't you, why don't you talk about some of those? Yeah, and I will also start this by saying I don't think this is exclusive to Disney parks. I think a lot of theme parks mm-hmm. are going to find these same discounts at SeaWorld and at Legoland and at Magic Mountain slash Six Flags. Like, any Six Flags in the United States, you may find this discount. Like, not just the one in California. So there's military discounts. Thank you, uh, veterans and active military mm-hmm. military members. We appreciate you. Have a, have a discount. Mm-hmm. Um, AAA discounts. Um, You can book vacation packages through Costco or other agencies that can get you certain perks. Uh, And then Florida residents and SoCal residents, like, there's just occasionally, like, specials that Disney will run and be like, hey, cheaper tickets if you're a resident. They usually run those during historically slow times of the year, and then all of a sudden they aren't slow because they've brought in all the locals to fill in the slow time of the year. One thing I wanted to say about the military discounts that we probably should have talked about when we talked about hotels and I didn't bring it up. There is a hotel called Shades of Green. Have you heard about that hotel? It is ringing a bell, uh, but it is a very, very faint bell. Okay. Shades of Green is a hotel on Walt Disney World property, kind of close to Polynesian Village Resort in the golf course area over there. It used to be a Walt Disney World owned hotel, and I believe the military either bought it or is leasing it for like 99 years or something like that from Disney. And it's for military families, and they go and stay on Disney property for a pretty low rate. Um, I want to say it's actually commensurate with your rank in the military. I'm not 100% sure. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a really cool thing for military families to be able to stay in the middle of the magic right there. And they have their own bus service. So if you see the shades of green bus, that's all military families that are staying right there in the middle of the magic. Good for Disney. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> you learn something new every day. Yep. Okay. Moving on. I, I wanted to mention that last episode and I forgot. So that just rang a bell in my ear. Moving on to Genie Plus. This is new and a lot of people are confused by Genie and Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes. Allie, what do you know about Genie, Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes? So I actually know a lot about Genie, Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes because for my upcoming trip, we have Genie Plus. So I have learned the distinction So Genie is kind of the guide of like you input like, hey, these are the rides that I really want to do today. And it suggests like, okay, you might want to do this ride first. And then, hey, you can stop at this ride if you that you didn't put on the list if you want. And then it just kind of like guides you through the day. And that's the free service that's available to everyone. Question. Yes. Are you planning to use Genie? So for our first day, I went into the disney app and i said sure let's start with genie and i plugged in and i said these are the rides that um we want to do and i'm i'm not sure like what it churned out cj is making a horrendous face right now she looks like she's really disappointed in me and now she's laughing do not use genie attention everyone do not use the free genie service it is horrible yeah, I was really confused by it. Like, I don't know. I did it like two weeks ago and we're not going for another like six weeks. So, you know, I was eight weeks out for my vacation at this point. And I just chalked it up to, well, you know, it's too far out. Like, 
But it's that, is that confusing all the time? It's horrible. Okay, first of all, it limits you as to how many things you can tell it that you want to do. Okay, so I think it limits you to like eight or ten things. It was I eight max- when I put it in. Yeah, I maxed it out, and so I didn't get to tell it everything I wanted to do. And then it didn't, when it plugged in, like, this is what you should do, it didn't give me everything that I told it I wanted to do. It filled it in with other things. Like, it took maybe 60 to 70% of the stuff I said I wanted it to do. And I was like, well, what are these other things? I did not select these things. It was telling me to, like, go have lunch at this place that required a reservation, like, day of. Yeah, good luck getting a reservation day of. You got to book these reservations, like, 60 days out or at least yeah. 30 days out, for you know, for some of the less popular restaurants. It was telling me, like, go do the tiki room. Okay, the tiki room never has a wait. Why are you telling me, go rope drop the tiki room? It told you to rope drop tiki room? Yeah, it told me to go do this, <laughs> like, the first thing in the morning. It also told me at, like, okay, when Epcot was opening at, like, 10 a.m. or, like, 9 a.m., whatever, it told me to go to Frozen Ever After at 10 a.m. Okay, if you're familiar with the geography of Epcot, They hold the rope at Spaceship Earth. How am I supposed to be at Frozen Ever After at 10 a.m. when they don't drop the rope until 10 a.m.? The earliest I am getting there is like 10.07, and that's when I'm parking my stroller, and then I'm taking both kids out of the stroller. So really, I'm not really getting there until like, 10, 12, 10, 13. Who is getting there at 10 a.m. on the dot? Clearly, you need to develop your teleportation skills. <laughs> I do. So anyways, so it gave me all these, like a bunch of, the, you know, 30 to 40% of it was stuff I didn't select. So when I said, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, it filled in with more things that I said I didn't want to do. So then I said, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. And it filled in with more things that I said I didn't want to do. It never populated with the stuff that I originally said. Like, it never filled in every single thing that I said I wanted to do. Interesting. Yeah, so if you're familiar at all with the parks, don't do it. The other thing is, it shows you, if you select a specific attraction, it'll show you a graph of the expected wait times of the day. The y-axis is not labeled with numbers. And that you would expect to be the time of day? Like the number, the, like oh, the well, sorry, anticipated. Sorry, I'm getting my X and Y confused. So, so the horizontal axis is the, you're expecting to be the time of day. And the yeah. vertical axis, you're expecting to be the wait time. So it's just showing yeah. you it's going to be a high wait time. Yes. But you don't, so, you know. So what's like, so quite, pop quiz, what's a low wait time for like, oh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train? 30 minutes. Yeah, what's a low wait time for, like, It's Tough to Be a Bug, the show? A low wait time for It's Tough to Be a Bug? Uh, Walk on? Yeah, so they're showing up as, like, the same height on the bar graph. But they're complete, like, one of them is 30 minutes, and one of them is... and they're showing up as, like, the same height on the bar graph because they didn't label the y-axis. So how confusing is that to a guest who knows nothing about these attractions? Yeah, you, you think you're going to, you know, have the same yeah. wait time for yeah. one and the yeah. other, and you don't. Yeah, it's just, it's very, very confusing. And then I was, I was talking to a guest a few weeks ago who was sitting, uh, if you've never done standby for Dumbo, 
Um, if the line is too long, they there's like a play area inside Dumbo and they give you a pager and your kid can go run around and play, whatever. So I was sitting next to this lady and she was like, oh, Jeannie is so confusing. And she was saying that it recommended that they go meet the princesses. And she's like, I have four boys. This is useless. We're not going to meet the princesses. So it's like, it just doesn't, it's not smart. It claims to be smart. It claims to be intuitive. It claims to make your day easier. It doesn't. And the feedback that I'm hearing from people in the parks around me is like, it doesn't make their day easier. They're confused by it. There's people I've talked to who said that they thought they had to buy the paid version. They didn't think it was an option. They thought they had to buy it. Yeah. (laughs) That's bad marketing. Yes. Yes. So anyways, don't use free genie. It sucks. And it's very, very clear to me as somebody who goes there often that the free version of genie is trying to divert people from high pop, like highly popular attractions to low popular attractions at times that don't really make sense. It's a way to control the crowds. Basically. It's an attempt to control the crowds. Yes. From what you, from what you're saying, yeah. it doesn't seem to be working because people are just like, this makes no sense. I'm going to do what I want. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the mind's control is not working. <laughs> <laughs> Try again, Mickey. Yeah. People are not as sheep-like as they thought. <laughs> yeah. So Anyways. Genie Plus, mm-hmm. Genie Plus is kind of like the new Fast Pass. Not every e-ticket attraction or, you know, highly popular attraction, but for most of them. Um, I have a list on my Google Doc for my, you know, trip plan. Like, for instance, for Epcot, I know you can't do it for Remy's or for Frozen. And for Hollywood Studios, you can't Genie Plus for Rise of the Resistance and Runaway Railway. Correct. Good job. (laughs) Uh, let me, I can do all of them, but Magic Kingdom. Uh, you cannot, for Animal Kingdom, you cannot Genie Plus Fast Pass thing. For Expedition Everest, which is closed at time of recording and will be closed by the time I get there, which, grr, I love that ride. Um, and the, the, the fun, yeah, I was going to say the fun Avatar ride, not the yeah. one that is. Um, not the sleepy time reskin- boat ride. <laughs> yeah, reskinned Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, Magic Kingdom, you cannot uh, Genie Plus for Seven Dwarves Mine Train, and I want to say for Space Mountain. Correct. I would not know this if I wasn't going at the end of March. <laughs> yeah, and the, the ones that you mentioned operate on a fluctuating price model depending on time of day, time of year. They'll charge more. Yeah, so those all those attractions that I just named are actually Lightning Lane. Um, so you can you can pay for fast passes for those, but it is does not come with Genie Plus. Yeah, those are called individual Lightning Lane. Yes. Yeah. So Genie Plus does get you access to the Lightning Lane, which is just the fast pass lane for you know seven other attractions in Magic Kingdom and seven other attractions in you know whatever park you're going to, unless that park has fewer than seven attractions. It's way more than seven at Magic Kingdom. It's basically everything that was on Fast Pass Plus. Yeah. Um, I noted, you know, I, I made the list of like, or I contributed to the list of these are the things that we must do. And I made notes of these are the ones that we cannot use our, you know, Genie Plus for. And I noticed that one of them that I could not use Genie Plus for was the Country Bear Jamboree. Yeah. I guess I'll just have to go stand by for that one. 
Yeah, there's there is no way for that one. Um, yeah, I mean, you pretty much got it. Genie Plus at Walt Disney World costs $15 per ticket per day. Um, the other thing that it gets you is, like, augmented reality filters, like Snapchat filters, I guess. Interesting. I, I see people post it randomly on Instagram. They're like, oh, yeah, I forgot. It includes AR filters. Here's a picture. <laughs> and apparently it includes audio tours. Interesting. So if you're bored in Magic Kingdom or whatever, I guess you can try that out and see if you learn something. I think if you're, that, I'm sorry. If you're bored in Magic Kingdom, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, I think they just like threw that in there because like, why not throw it in there? Yeah, no, I think it's an interesting thing to include. And I think, um, you know, your average like ticket holder might you know who's just focused on let me get the rides done would probably wouldn't be interested in that but somebody who goes a lot or who is an annual pass holder you know they might find that experience worthwhile right right so this is an optional purchase you can buy it in advance of your day um day of you can buy it at midnight starting at midnight the day of your of your visit um and you can start booking at 7 a.m for genie like regular genie plus attractions for the individual lightning lane attractions if you are a hotel guest and you wanted like rise of the resistance for example that starts at 7 a.m or if you are staying off property or if you're like a local annual pass holder that starts when the park opens so individual lightning lane like you're kind of out of luck if you're not staying on property rise of the resistance specifically is like impossible to get so what about at Disneyland Resort? I mean, it operates very similarly, um, except that um, there's none of the hotel guest perks. Everybody, I think, starts at the, at the same time at Park Open. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. But how much does it cost over there? So Genie Plus costs $20 per ticket per day at Disneyland. But it also includes your photo pass downloads. Yeah, that's pretty good value. Yeah, it's that's honestly amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you know the the big difference though to me is that there are less rides on Genie Plus at Disneyland. Like, you know, at Walt Disney World, there's I don't know, there's just more rides on Genie Plus. You know, like Living with the Land and Finding Nemo and Figment and like all those rides are all on Genie Plus. And Disneyland doesn't have like I don't know, like Snow White and Peter Pan and Alice in Wonderland and Storybook Land and the teacups. Like none of those are on Genie Plus. Um, so Walt Disney World, there's definitely a lot more rides included. So back to Disneyland. Uh, the lightning lanes, individual lightning lanes would be Rise of the Resistance, Radiator Springs Racers, and the Spider-Man Web Slingers that neither of us have been on. Um, yeah. But the, again, the prices fluctuate. And then you also get audio tales from Disney Yeah, that Plus. weird audio thing. <laughs> I don't know anybody. You know, I'm on Instagram a lot. I don't know anybody who's tried that. So if you've tried it. Let us know yeah. how it is. Send us an email. Add us on Twitter that we allegedly have. Um, we're more likely <laughs> alleged, to respond on Instagram. The alleged Twitter. Yeah. That may or may not exist. It definitely exists. That's it's like Bigfoot. Thing. It definitely exists. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's talk about PhotoPass packages. Other things you can add on. At Walt Disney World, you know, for me personally, I really think, especially if you're saying multiple days, I really think PhotoPass is something that you should add on. It is an mm-hmm. expensive add-on, but I think it's worth it because of the sheer amount of PhotoPass opportunities at Walt Disney World. They call it Memory Maker. For one day, all of your PhotoPass downloads are $69. If you want it for your entire stay, 
and you purchase it in advance, it's $169, but you need to purchase it at least three days in advance of your arrival. If you get there and you decide, oh, I should have bought this, it's $199. Um, you know, if you're traveling with friends or with extended family and you split the cost, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are PhotoPass photographers everywhere. Like walking down Main Street, there's like five or six opportunities to take pictures. Around the castle, there's like four or five opportunities to take pictures. You get all your ride photos. There's character photo ops. There's a lot of photo ops. You can walk away with several hundred pictures from your mm-hmm. vacation. It's totally worth it. It's it's a really good thing to splurge on, in my opinion. And you also get some free, like, glamour shots of the theme parks. Yeah, yeah. They do these, like, extra pictures, which are really cool if you're making yeah. a scrapbook or something like that. Yeah. And I will also say, since you mentioned scrapbooks, occasionally Shutterfly will have some, like, really good deals on yes. the, like, hardcover photo books. I know last time um, my friend and I went to Disney um the whole time we were just talking about like oh we're the best at disney we're so good at disney um so we had memory maker at the end of the trip i made us both um photo books that's the, the title was we're so good at disney nice <laughs> the other thing that well disney world has that i don't think disneyland does unless something has changed is they do well maybe disneyland does magic shots i don't remember there are magic shots at mm-hmm. walt disney world where they'll add in like characters to your picture and there's super zoom photo shots there's a really cool one right by the castle if you're looking at the castle it's over off to the right near the hub grass if you see grass on the hub like near the statue of walt and mickey it's over on the right it's kind of facing where you go get ice cream on the end of Main Street on the right side by the Plaza Inn. Plaza Restaurant. Sorry, Plaza Restaurant. And you'll see a cast member with a little tablet and they'll take the super zoom photo where they like zoom in. It's like a wide shot looking at the castle and they'll zoom in on you and your party and then they'll zoom back out. And it's really, really cool. They do one at each of the four parks and it's a really mm-hmm. unique picture. Um, and they'll do just random pictures like that. Some of the rides have video as well. There's a video shot on Tower of Terror, on Slink, yeah. <laughs> uh, on Seven Doors Mine Train. So those are really fun uh, photo opportunities as well. Yeah. And I think, I think I might be wrong, but I think Disney does the um, magic shots where they add in the characters. I don't know about the Super Zoom, though. I don't think Disneyland has Super Zoom yet. Yet being the operative word. I really hope they do. I had an idea for where they could put one. Okay. Like, you know, on the Little Mermaid building, Mm -hmm. they could put a super zoom camera up there and zoom in over by the water at the World of Color show. You could stand right in front of the water during the daytime and you could do a super zoom shot there and you could have the Ferris wheel in the background and the roller coaster in the background. It would make a very pretty backdrop. Yeah. I can't think of a good spot in Disneyland because it's so crowded there all the time. (laughs) You know, it's so compact and like the trees are so grown in. It would be, you know, there's not really like a wide open spot, maybe over by Small World somewhere, but I don't know. Yeah, I could see. um, Like maybe on the parade route by Small World when there's not a parade going on. Yeah, like one of the, like they've got like some like pillars around Mm -hmm. there. Like they could do a pillar, like put the camera on the pillar and like do like small small world as a backdrop like that's a pretty backdrop too as long as there's you know once again disney needs to hire us yeah we have so many good ideas disney like hire us yeah we're good at this stuff what are the photo pass options at disneyland uh so it's photo pass plus one day is twenty dollars 
And you get um, unlimited downloads for one day of your visit, and those downloads are available for 45 days after your visit. If you're paying $20 for your photo plat Photo Pass Plus one day downloads. Why don't you just pay twenty dollars for Genie Plus and also get your Photo Pass downloads? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that seems a little weird. Yeah, but Disney, thinking... give me that twenty dollars. I saved yeah. you money. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we're we're thinking about. I mean, we're not thinking about it. We need to book our visit to California later this summer, and that's what we were gonna do. One of us was just gonna get Genie Plus so we could just get the Photo Pass downloads. I mean, and if we want a Genie Plus a ride, we can just, like, take turns Genie Plusing a ride. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Okay, our final topic before the showdown is entry options, how to get into the park. While Disney World has a lot of options, you can use your Magic Band, which for now is unique to Walt Disney World, but it is coming to Disneyland it's basically a band that you wear around your wrist or you can take out the puck and you can use it as um, like a keychain. A keychain, yeah. And they used to be for free, given to Walt Disney World hotel guests for free and pass holders used to get them for free as well. Um, but now you have to pay for them. If you're staying on property, you get a slight discount. And there's special editions. I know Dooney and Burke makes them to match the purses and stuff. And there's special edition ones that are more expensive. A new generation of Magic Bands are coming with rechargeable batteries as well. I'm holding out for those so that I don't have to keep buying them every couple of years. <laughs> um, you can also use physical cards if you like the old school way of doing things. And then there's also a relatively new way of entering the park called My Magic Mobile. So I use that occasionally on my phone. It's you access it through the My Disney Experience app and then you add like your digital entry card to Google Pay or Apple wallet, whatever the iPhone equivalent is, and you can use it on your wearable, like an Apple watch or something like that. Um, but I prefer using the magic bands just because I don't always want to like take my phone out of my pocket or something, especially with kids. And then you can use your card or whatever you have to get your photo pass pictures and all that stuff. At Disneyland, uh, sorry, but you got to use your phone. Uh, key holders use their phones. There's no more physical cards. Uh, ticket holders, uh, you can use your phone or you can, the cast member at the gate can print out tickets, um, but that the people behind you in line aren't necessarily going to appreciate <laughs> that. So just want to give a shout out to Jenny at Castles, Characters, and Crayons uh, for this information because CJ could not find it on the Disneyland website. And I'll be honest, I was eating dinner and I did not look. Dude, their website was very unclear about how to do this. And if I was the guest trying to figure this out I would be very confused too and like I messaged Jenny and I was like please help me understand this because things have changed so much and she was really helpful with this so thank you so much and check out her YouTube channel in a magical mood and she's also on Instagram at in a magical mood if you're looking for Disneyland content check out her channel if you're wanting to to check out Disneyland these days. Um, it was really confusing. Um, so she really cleared that up for us. So I know when I go this summer, I know what to do. Have my phone handy so I can get in the park. <laughs> I Thank don't you, wanna, Jenny. <laughs> I don't want to be that person holding up the line with yeah. me and, and my husband and my family going, how do we get in the park? <laughs> Let me in. Yes. Let me in. Yes. <laughs> And like you mentioned, Magic Bands are coming to Disneyland uh, eventually. 
Um, this was it was it was announced recently within the last couple of months at time of recording, and they haven't said when Magic Bands are coming, but allegedly. <laughs> Yeah, they said, they said that at Destination D23, but they did not provide any details or any timeline. Big question mark on that one. Okay. Thanks. All right. Well, now that we've got the facts laid out, it's time for the final showdown. Can we see eye to eye? Does one side stand out above the crowd? So, Allie, let's kind of break this down piece by piece because we talked about a lot of different things. So, let's start with the pass holder program, which coast do you think has a better pass holder program disneyland or walt disney world so i am going to and i just i just checked your um handy dandy chart to confirm i have to give this to disney world even though there's tax for two main reasons one is the renewal discount uh but the bigger reason is parking parking at the disneyland and disney world resorts adds up and being able to park included, you know, parking included with your Disney World Pass, that is not the case with your Disneyland Magic Key. It's not your Disneyland Magic Car Key. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think those were the factors that swayed it for me to Disney World. I am going to agree with you. Parking and renewal discount, those are big deals. Like, I go to Disney World one to three times a week, and if I had to pay for parking every single time 25 or 30 bucks a time whoa whoa not to mention if the parking attendants are collecting money on that every single time that's gonna hold up the entry to get into parking for all those other guests that's gonna that's affecting the arrival experience of everybody that is ridiculous that is insane no 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 absolutely not okay better value on tickets disneyland versus walt disney world okay so the starting price for tickets, it's roughly the same. Mm-hmm. Park hopping is roughly the same. You know, mm-hmm. 60-65. Not being able to park hop until later in the day, it's okay at Disney World. It's not the best at Disneyland. <laughs> Like, this is, it's so hard. Like, I think, I think I will give it to Disney World on the basis of the park hopping at Disneyland makes no sense to me. (laughs) Okay, so you're going with Disney World because of the negatives of Disneyland, not because Disney World does anything better, but because Disneyland does something bad. I I wouldn't say bad. I would (laughs) say that it does it worse okay they both do bad things but one is less worse than the other yes okay and i'm going to go opposite of you interesting yeah i'm going to go with disneyland because they are slightly cheaper Mm -hmm. and i think because there's more attractions it's better bang for your buck Mm -hmm. and you can park hop one hour earlier okay okay does that still apply for multi-day? Do you think it's do you think Disneyland is the Ooh. winner for multi-day tickets? No, because like the multi-day tickets for Disney World are an extremely good value. Okay. Extremely good value. Cause on this on this breakdown, we didn't talk about, you know, we didn't break it down between, you know, single day versus multi-day. So that's true. Well, what do you think about multi-day? Because if it's if it's single day, I give it to Disneyland. 
if it's single day, you're giving it to Disney World? Yeah. Okay, what about multi-day? I give it to Disney World. And you're giving it to... Depends on the length of your stay. <laughs> but I, I kind of want to say Disneyland. That, you know, that three-day park so hopper being $10 more expensive than a five-day one park per day. Like, that's really selling me on that. <laughs> okay, okay. This is getting really interesting. It's really, this is... This is we don't see eye to eye on that part no we don't okay what about genie plus which park does it better which coast does it better i want to say disney world um it's less expensive and there's more options i'm gonna go with disneyland because it includes photopass downloads okay 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 what about photopass options you know what you're totally right on that genie plus thing (laughs) like you're going back to change your mind (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's like, right. I am right. <laughs> oh, shut up. Don't let it go to your head. <laughs> okay, so change your mind on Genie Plus. We both agree that Disneyland does it better because PhotoPass is included. Yeah. So moving on to which coast has better PhotoPass options. What do you think? I hesitate to say Disney World, though it, to me it's the only option. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's so it's so pricey. But... You know, for $20 at Disneyland, just get Genie Plus Photo Pass comes with it anyways. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I see what you mean. Like, there really isn't a great option. <laughs> like, the option is Genie Plus at Disneyland. Yeah. Like, in a way that's kind of mean. They, like, shoehorned you into buying Genie Plus to make their num- – like their, it's like they're trying to make their Genie Plus download numbers look good by making you purchase Genie Plus just to get the Photo Pass downloads. <laughs> You know, (laughs) but yeah, I think Memory Maker, while it's a great product and I think everybody should buy it, it is expensive. Yeah. $70 for a single day. Yeah. If you're staying, so if you're staying three days, wait, $70. So yeah. 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 So if you're staying three days, I'm going to pull up the calculator. It's $170 for your entire. So if you're doing three days it's you know 56 dollars a day that's totally worth it though i really think it is like if you stop at a gazillion photo you're gonna get a lot of pictures i promise you you're gonna get a lot of pictures Mm -hmm. yeah so i guess memory maker worth it for more than for three days or more yeah one day i i'd hesitate i'd ask you i would i would take a look at your budget and ask yourself if it's something that you really want. So, like, for instance, I, I bought it for the, our one-day trip over the summer. We had our photo pass, our memory maker for the one day. You did? Um, yeah, we did. Okay. I thought because you were, like, friends with us on My Disney Experience, your pictures were included. So, the day that we did Disney Springs and we went around... Oh, yes, we were there. but not not the day that I was in the park with just me and my husband, and you guys weren't there. Okay, interesting. Hmm. So let's okay. talk about the entry experience. For me, I have to give the entry experience to Disney World, just because I don't think everything should be dependent on your phone. Phone batteries die. Like lugging around an external battery is a is a hassle. Like. Give me something that is not like my phone to get into a theme park with. 
Yeah, and I really, I would agree with you. And I really don't like that they got rid of physical cards for magic key holders. I get it. They overhauled the annual pass program. But, you know, it's really cool for us to go back and look at our annual passes from like 1995. Like we have a a long stockpile of annual passes and to not even have that option anymore is kind of sad. I mean, I get it from like an environmental perspective and I do appreciate when they stopped like sending you a new card every year and when they stopped printing your picture on it because that, you know, you're not, you know, throwing away a plastic card once a year just to get a new one. Like, (sighs) it's funny you should mention that because here in Florida, you actually do have to get a new card every year. That's annoying. They print the years on it. And I didn't know that you have to get a new card every year because I tried to use my old card and for a discount. And the person said, this is your old, your cards expired. And I said, what? <laughs> Cause I used my, I used my magic band to enter and you have to use your card for the discount. Right. And I said, what do you mean? And they said, you have to go pick up a new card. They don't just send it to you. You have to go pick it up. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> and they also don't put your name on it. You have to write your name. Like in a permanent marker. Disney, yeah. you can do better than this. You yeah. have done better than this in the and past. So, and I didn't know that you have to write your name either because I tried to use it for a discount in another place. And they said, well, whose pass is this? And I said, it's mine. Well, your name's not on it. And they made me write my name on it like right then and there. So in my head, I was like, well, how did they know this is my pass? <laughs> yeah, they don't. It could be somebody else's and I could just be writing my name on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yours now. <laughs> yeah, right? It was really, really weird. But yeah, I agree. Anyways, I agree with you. I think Disney World having the option of using your phone, using a card, using a magic band, using a wearable, there is yeah. a lot more options. But I don't like, we didn't talk about this, but they they don't have turnstiles. They have the tap styles where you tap mm-hmm. your device or your card and then you do your little fingerprint. People get confused on the fingerprints. They get confused. And when when the parks first reopened, they weren't using the fingerprint thing because they don't want people touching stuff. Right. And park entry went really, really fast. And even now, when the um, when the park entry is way too crowded and they need people to get moving, they just don't use the top styles. They've turned the they've turned the fingerprint things back on, and people get confused. And <laughs> it takes forever sometimes. And my son's fingers are like too small, so. My fingerprints attached to it, but if he's with my husband, they've got to like call the lead over and look up his picture and verify like that's him and he's not like using someone else's pass and they got to reset his fingerprint and like all this stuff. It's a huge rigmarole. It's it's stupid and annoying. So the fingerprint thing thing bugs me. Another thing I'll say about the um, you know, Disneyland, you have to use a phone or you have to hold up the line to get your ticket printed. Like, that's really excluding people. Like, not everybody wants to have a smartphone. Not everybody does have a smartphone. Like, yeah. I can't trust my grandma with a smartphone. No offense, grandma. <laughs> She's like, not listening. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, your nine-year-old probably shouldn't have a smartphone. Yeah. Like, it's, it's okay. It's... You know what? Magic bands are coming to Disneyland, and I hope that'll solve a good portion of the problems they're experiencing. Allegedly. We can only hope. It's our only hope. Help us, Magic Band Kenobi. You're my only hope. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. 
Well, okay. Well, thank you for joining us as we discussed various passes, tickets, entry options, GD plus kind of, you know, a culmination of these two resorts. It was, it was an interesting, more interesting than I thought it would be. Let us know what you guys think about all this. We covered a lot of different things today. You can find us on Instagram, allegedly on Twitter, <laughs> YouTube, all over the place at Park to Park Pod with the number two. You can email us with questions, feedback, future episodes, ideas, and more at park to park pod at gmail.com. And yeah, next episode is going to be our season one finale. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun. So what we're we're gonna recap the season. Um just should be Hopefully it'll be a shorter episode. Um, we're going to have a couple of guests on and we'll, yeah, we'll just go over everything and rapid fire. Yeah, it'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Thanks everybody. Hey everybody. I bet you weren't expecting to hear our sweet voices again. Um, I we just finished recording this episode. CJ was scrolling on the internets and we saw a breaking news report. Uh, so thank you for WDW News Today for um, this information. But guess what? Walt Disney World just increased their ticket prices for multi-day tickets. So as of this point, the uh, single park tickets have not increased their prices. And I mean, it varies. Some of them, it's like a 60 cent increase, which is not that much. Others, it's like, uh, you know, a $50 increase. So, you know, again, this is just emphasizing the point of check your ticket prices. Don't rely on us for this information. Like, please keep, please check your ticket prices like before you book. Uh, because, you know, Disney could change them on a whim on a Wednesday night. Uh, so that's all. Just wanted to throw that out there for you guys. Uh, thank you for listening. Yes, you And did. please, please, please be kind to the cast members when stuff like this happens. I have been a cast member in the call center at Guest Services, and the night before a major increase to annual passes went into effect, we did not know. I literally got off work at like 1130 at night, and the next day a price increase went into effect. We had no idea. No idea. And people do crazy things on the phone and scream at cast members. There's no reason for stuff like that. When stuff like this happens, just please be kind to them. Especially now there's serious staffing problems going on in the, in the call centers, especially, um, and with ticketing. So be really, really kind and really patient with them. Like they probably have no idea until their shift starts or until they see it on the internet. So just be nice to them. They're doing their yes. best that they can. You should always be kind to the cast members. And if you're not, I question like what kind of person you are. Yes. Yes. It, it, especially now. So thank you for pointing that out, CJ. But yeah, be kind to cast members. Yep. So thank you all. Uh, just had to throw that out there. Uh, thanks for listening. And thanks for listening to this addendum. Goodbye. Okay, bye. bye.